Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampion, and my guest today is the founder of Seawall Sports and Entertainment, Miss Candy Waller. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. First, before we do anything, I got to know, with no sports, how you coping right now? <laughs> it's rough. I mean, you know, everything happens so fast, you know, and then when all of this started with COVID-19, everybody was getting ready for March Madness. We were getting ready for all the big college tournaments. And I mean, it was March. So, you know, and then it was just like everything shut down. I was watching the game. Which game was it? It was, um, I think it was the Mavs. It was one of the NBA games. I don't even remember who they were playing when it was announced. Like the NBA is posting, stopping the season and Rudy Gobert had, you know, it was announced that he had tested positive for COVID-19. And it was just like, what is happening? Yeah. So we we <laughs> right in the beginning of that season, you know, baseball. And it's just, it's a lot. It's difficult. You know, I realize, I mean, of course, I know how big I am into sports and how much of an outlet sports is for me. But without it, I'm like, yo, this is this is different. Yeah, it's definitely been different. I wanted to talk about um, your company, Seawall Sports and Entertainment. When did you actually start it? I started Seawall, it was three years ago, 2017. Okay. How did, where did the motivation come from? Um, I'm going to be honest. I had the... Um, privilege to attend Super Bowl 51 in Houston um, was the um, the big comeback from the New England Patriots and Atlanta Falcons oh. here and that year I had planned it the year prior because I've been in the sports my basically my whole entire life and um, I had family my brother lives in Houston and um, I said you know what I'm gonna go to the Super Bowl this year, I'm a, and I'm going to do it like a true football fan. I'm going to all the, um, you know, all the live shows. You know, I want to go to Undisputed. I want to go to First Take. I want to go to Good Morning Football. All the because during that week they do live tapings all week long, and so I did. I did everything: the NFL experience, all the concerts, the game, everything. And matter of fact, before I even got to the game part. Um, the big game, because there's so much that goes on that week. That Friday morning, I was sitting on the set of Good Morning Football, and I was just watching everything. You know, we could see all the behind the scenes. We could see them prepping for the show, prepping, you know, the questions, prepping the guests, prepping the hosts, and prepping everybody. And it just literally just dropped down into my spirit, like, this is where you're supposed to be. And on my flight home from Houston, because I didn't leave Houston until like that following Tuesday, I started writing out my business plan. Wow. From there. Wow, that's amazing. What what age did you start to develop a love for sports? So my dad has to answer this question. And when people ask me that, I'm like, okay, based on the stories my dad says, he said he noticed it. Like I was around, you know, six or seven years old. Like I was a child, like little. Where, yeah, of course I watched cartoons, but whenever, you know, he was watching the games and especially like wrestling and stuff like that, 
I would actually sit and watch. So cartoons, yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm watching, but I'm playing, I'm acting all goofy, I'm doing all that other stuff <laughs> with watching cartoons. But he was like, when you were small, you that's the only thing you could sit and watch the whole entire time without getting distracted. So wow. I go with my dad's answer. He always says it was probably like at least six or seven. I always say nine or ten because that's when I start remembering like certain games that I watched and everything. So okay. still elementary school age. <laughs> now, being a woman in a male dominant field, do you find yourself working harder to prove yourself? Absolutely. Um, absolutely all the time. I mean, um, in sports conversations, typically I'm the only woman actively participating or contributing in, in most sports conversations. So it's like that in, in, in the industry. Um, you know, there's women that of course report and everything on, on the sports and, and report on the game and even do color commentary for the game. But when it, you know, when the cameras are off and everybody still wants to continue to talk and still continue to move the conversation forward where you're not a facilitator of the conversation, rather an active contributor to the conversation, you do still kind of get the side eye as a woman. Like, yeah, yeah. you talking for? So <laughs> <laughs> you got an opinion? Oh, Okay. It's, it's still difficult to insert yourself in that conversation and be heard. Yeah. You, who's your, um, you, um, because you love sports, I know you, well, I'm assuming you got a favorite all-time athlete. So who's your favorite at all-time favorite athlete and why? You know what? I don't know. I have so many favorite athletes. The first, but the first one that comes to mind almost immediately is always Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is like my favorite, you know, he he was entertaining to me. So it's always like Michael Jordan, Christian Leitner is probably one that always pops up into my mind because, I mean, I watched Duke basketball. I was really into Duke basketball when I was younger. Wait a minute, were you a Duke fan? Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to champions. I'm drawn to champions. I'm drawn to greatness. So... Um, I'll be quite honest. My my dad took me to a, a Terps game. They were playing Duke, and I was like, "Who are the white boys?" Like seriously, like just <laughs> like, who are they? Like, and it was him and Bobby Hurley, and I was like, "Who is the tall white?" You know, I just didn't have. I really, I don't have, barely have a filter now. But back then, I really didn't. It was like, "Who is the tall white boy? Who's he? Who's that?" <laughs> you know, and I was just fascinated by him. And so, because um, he's such a great basketball player in college. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he always typically comes up. I um, Track and field, Michael Johnson was a huge Michael Johnson fan um, in track and field. And then, of course, like Florence Griffith joined him. My, my list goes on and on and on. Lamp, so I'm going to back up for a minute because th- because you touched on something that was real interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen, have you seen that all-time greatest college basketball player going around? It's like a, I guess like a bracket of 64 or something like that. It's I haven't seen the college one. You haven't seen the college one? I haven't seen that one. So I think I want to say. I um, saw a point guard one come through today, but I haven't get a chance to look at it. 
but I haven't seen the title. Michael Jordan won it. I'm not sure. But I will say this. I was really shocked that I know the final four was like Kareem, uh, Kareem, Larry Bird. Uh, no, 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 no. Kareem didn't make the final four. He lost the shot. He didn't. No, he lost his shot. And that was like the big deal. Like really? Yeah, it was crazy. Like when you when you talk about college, that's why I was wondering if I was hoping you had seen it. But I was shocked yeah. Christian Leitner didn't even make the final four for the greatest. That that is shocking. But then again, I don't know who did it. But if Kareem didn't he didn't make the final four. Yeah, he's the best, like, honestly. Yeah, he really is. But Leitner, to me, Leitner gotta be, and I hate Duke. Like, I hate (laughs) all my heart and soul. But dude is definitely at least in the top four. But see, I think the problem is people go by, they looking at pro careers. You can't look at the question. Mm -hmm. When you look at Christian Leitner college career, oh, Mm -hmm. Right. Well, <clears throat> oh yeah, well that's why when I said something about Christian Leitner, I made sure to say based on his college basketball, like <laughs> right. I made sure to make that clear about his college basketball. Um, and some of the folks I'm mentioning are based on who I've seen with my eyes, like who I've witnessed. Mm-hmm. You know, so but my list can go on and on and on. I, you know, one common thread between my favorites though is that you know their competitiveness. I like I like very competitive athletes. Got you. So if you could cover any sporting event, what what event would it be? It would that I think it would I think it would be um the Super Bowl. Like while I went as a you know, I've had the fan experience at the Super Bowl. I have not had at the Super Bowl game, like in the press box covering the Super Bowl. So I've done it as a fan a couple times now. And I've done events leading up to the Super Bowl, but actually Super Bowl Sunday in the locker room with the champions. Um, if not a Super, super Bowl for sure. Anything that's like a championship. I was, I was able to cover the Mystics win the championship last year. And I was at the championship game, media role. I did everything for the Mystic Championship run. So now it's like championship games are like my ideal, perfect thing to cover. That in a, in a gold medal Olympic basketball game. Mm. I said, didn't I see, um, you were, you actually did some events at the past Super Bowl though, right? Oh yeah, I did a lot of events. I did a lot of events leading up to Super Bowl. Um, I tell folks all the time, like, you can still, even if you're not covering the actual game, that, you know, game night, that Sunday night, there's so many events going on the whole entire week that you can cover. You know, it's so, so much, so much. You know, all the big businesses are there having events and all celebrities and players and, you know, active and alumni, they're everywhere. So, yeah, I was probably covering about two to three events a day. Um, did you have to have credentials to do them? Yes. Oh, for credentials. Yeah. What was that process like? Getting credentials. It depends on whose event it is. Of course, if it's an NFL sponsored event, it's much more uh, tough to get into. Um, and I'll just you know talking about the NFL sponsored events. I mean, they 
literally go to your pages. They want to check your content. They want to see exactly what you're doing um, to make sure you're going to, they're going to get coverage, you know, good coverage of those other kind of NFL sponsored events. Others um, might be a little easier to get into depending on the business. Um, so it just, it, I hate to say it depends, but it kind of depends. If it's an NFL sponsored event, that's difficult to get into. Did you actually enjoy being down there during the week? I love it. I love it. Like, um, now what I will say is, it's, it's definitely, <clears throat> so this year was the, well, no, wait. Last year was a little bit of both, fan and work. You know, you know, a couple years, you know, you know, or in Atlanta, in Atlanta last year, yes. So it was a little bit of both, enjoying myself, being a fan, and then working. This year was all work. So it was very stressful that first part of the week. Then by, by like Friday, I'm like, all right, I'm tired. Let's try to figure this out. But I still had like two more events to cover on Saturday, and I was wiped out. I was like, oh, I'm so tired. So it's definitely a different look and feel when you're working because you're not partying the whole time. <laughs> you actually got to go to sleep and like try to get some rest. So did it kind of did it kind of take away from your experience a little bit, or it did? Like I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like midweek, I was already like, <laughs> like I'm tired. Like I was stressed out. Like I had a really. A couple days, I want to say Thursday. I think that Thursday ended up being pretty stressful that day. Um, we were covering several events. The traffic was terrible. We were late going to every single thing. And it was just like, oh my gosh. I need I mean, to you you a Redskins fan, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's let's say if, if the Redskins go to the Super Bowl, would you actually want to work it or you would only want to be a fan? That's a great question. And at this point, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, like, you know, that's a great question because if your team is in it, like I just watched the, um, I, I like to people watch, just like one of the things I like to do, you know, I don't get paid for it, but I, I just like to observe, especially sports fans. I, I observe like the spirit of the sports fan. And it's like euphoric for the team, you know, for the fans of the teams that are actually in the game. I mean, they're having the time of their lives before they even get to the game. It's like a dream come true for them. You can tell. So it would be tough. That's a really great question because it's like, would I forfeit my opportunity to cover this game if it was the Redskins just to party all week because (laughs) you would be working like it's it's yeah it's hardcore working trying to keep up with all the players trying to keep up with everything so i don't know the jury's still out on that we'll have to see (laughs) if it happens what do you think about the redskins how what do you think this upcoming season you know i I, you know this like the that's like the million dollar question this year the redskins you know as you know have a new coaching um staff completely new except for like two coaches the running backs coach Randy Jordan is returning and then the special teams coordinator is returning um I think this year 
um, we're going to see the Redskins. I, I'm really big into player development. I think one of the biggest issues the Redskins have had is their coaching. Um, Ron Rivera is almost like the opposite of Jay Gruden. Um, Jay Gruden was a nice guy, but he wasn't a good coach. So he was cool, but that was probably part of the problem. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? He was cool. And, um, and and that's all right, but that was probably a lot of the issue and the challenge, right? But I'm really anxious to see the, the foundation of a new culture being built over at Redskins Park. And I'm also very interested. The team is still very young for the most part. So I'm anxious to see how this new coaching staff really develops those players that we saw glimpses of last year. So I'm expecting Dwayne Haskins to be better. Um, Terry McLaurin, I'm expecting him, even though he was awesome last year, I'm expecting him to be better. And the other wide receivers, Steven Sims Jr. and Kelvin Harmon, I'm expecting those things. Um, Cornerback Jimmy Moreland, um, linebackers, you know, Sean Deion Hamilton, Cole Holcomb, I'm expecting those guys to be better than they were last year. Um, I think that the output is going to be much greater um, across the board. And I'm not saying they about to go win the NFCs. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that it will be a better product on the field. We won't see a team that looks like they just woke up two hours ago and they look tired and lethargic or just like they defeated before they even get on the field. Um, what do you want them to do with that first round pick? They might as well get. They they need to draft Chase Young. Was you was you shocked when they was actually talking about Tua? Yes. <laughs> I, I was just like, what? Why? Um, you know, here's what's been told to me. What's been told to me very very bluntly is they're open to anything. They're open to everything. So I know there's been some talk about them potentially trading back. Hey, listen, I mean, they're not going to close the door if somebody's offering a boatload of picks for the second pick. But I think if you got the second pick and there's a talent, Chase Young's caliber there, you just don't, you just don't pass up on Chase Young. Yeah, I, was, I, I think the reason I was surprised because I didn't, okay, so disclaimer, I'm a Cowboys fan. Okay. I didn't get a chance chance to watch a whole lot of Redskins games, but the the few I saw, I didn't think Haskins was that bad. I mean, you're talking about a rookie quarterback that, you know, needs coaching. And then Mm -hmm. then I've always maintained that the coach have to believe in the the player. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if they really got behind him the way they should have. Well, they didn't. I mean, now, I mean, it's, you know, we can all, you know, tell the story now since, you know, it's, it's been publicly known, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the Redskins. It was Dan, Dan Snyder's pick. It wasn't the Redskins pick. Does that make sense? Yeah. That wasn't who the coaching staff wanted. It wasn't. Um, not at all. That was part of the reason why the Redskins gave up their second rounder to trade up to get Montez Sweat because that's who Gruden really wanted in the first round. He did not want Dwayne Haskins. He was very interested in Daniel Jones. 
and now the 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 young man that he that he wanted before I can't even think of his name who knows where he even is now if I can't think of his name but it wasn't Dwayne Haskins um so yeah I mean that was another challenge right it was it wasn't so he's not going to get behind somebody that wasn't his guy you know and I mean, you know, these coaches, they want their guys, they want their people, they want, you know, and Haskins wasn't it. Now, to your point about Haskins, Haskins isn't that bad, but for me, he's not he's not that good either. But I think with the right coaching, when you get a Ron Rivera and you and you get a fire lit under him, I expect to see a, a 180-degree turn across the board for him. Like just a solid quarterback a sound decision-making quarterback is what I expect to see in Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think, I think he's going to be good. Like, again, I'm not one of these Dallas fans that, that root against every, well, I do root against the Eagles. I root against the Eagles hard. <laughs> but other than that, like, the, like I want to see Dallas win. I'm always putting them first, but I'm, yeah. I'm more of a fan. So I just want to see him do well. Cause I don't, I don't think he got a fair shot in this life. He was. You don't put up fifty touchdowns at Ohio State in mm-hmm. big clubs. So I just think he needs a little bit more development, mm-hmm. and the coaches need to get behind him. So yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I think he's going to put the work in. I think um, you know the NFL is not playtime. You know, it's, it's 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 pretty heavy duty. You know what I mean? And so, you know, unfortunately, with the coaching staff that was there previously. It's not always easy to tell that, you know, they're probably a little bit more relaxed than other organizations at times. So I, I, I expect him to for sure be better. And like I said, make sound decisions and I expect them, them meaning the rest of the team to be able to trust him because there was some concerns there as well. But of course, I mean, he was a rookie. Nobody, there was no continuity at that position. There hasn't been continuity at the quarterback position in years. <laughs> and so who are they supposed to listen to? <laughs> what is your, what is your, oh, what is your ultimate goal for Seawall Sports and Entertainment? The ultimate goal for Seawall Sports and Entertainment is to be the go-to news source for all things sports in the Washington metropolitan area. So whatever news source, news and information I want, ultimate goal, first thing people think of is, let's go see what Seawall Sports talking about. Let's see what's going on over at Seawall Sports. Uh, I, I definitely think you're on your way. I, I'm been, uh, <laughs> I just started like maybe a few months ago, I found your page. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't even like. I find so many pages. I don't even know how I found it, but it, been, it, it probably was a sports group or something. So <laughs> yeah, I think I think I was think I was wondering that earlier. I was like, how? I think we met in KQ's maybe sports group. Yeah, yeah, it was. A, yeah, that, matter of fact, that's what it was. It was a sports. Mm-hmm. It was a sports group. So mm-hmm. I've been following. Um, I like the Facebook. I don't get to catch all of them because I'm on the West Coast. So the no, for sure. The time difference kind of is a hindrance, but I do like what you're doing. Um, I hope you stay with it and, and continue to put your knowledge out there. I well, thank you. I, I appreciate it, and my intentions are to keep going. So I'm gonna keep it going. 
Oh, before we leave, two well, two things, two two things. One, if you had to guess, when do you think we're gonna get sports back? I don't know. I mean, um, funny enough, one of my line sisters just popped on my one of my posts like an hour or so ago and asked basically the same thing. And I'm like, okay, so I've heard that the NFL is still anticipating starting on time, but then I also heard team facilities may not even open up before July. Mm. I've read something. I've read something. The California governor said he's expecting that if they do hold events, he's expecting them to be without fans. Probably without fans, exactly. I would could see that if they if they start on time, it would be without fans. I could totally see. That. I mean, which impacts even training camp and coverage and everything else. Like you know, training camp is normally open to the public. People can come. You know, that's probably all out. It's just, it's just weird. Like it I don't. Is. Well, you said you watch wrestling, so do you watch wrestling? Yeah, yeah and I was like, we doing, we doing this with no sign. Like this is. Well, I will not say even the same. I mean, they did the best that they could. It wasn't know? the same, but I thought. I think they did a good job pulling it off. Like yeah, they pulled it off, but it's so, it's so, but but to that point, right? It goes to show how much, like I was talking about that fan energy, that fans. It's like that's part of sports. Well, I well, okay. You know, it's, so it's with, part with, of it. with that one, with that with with WWE, like fan participation is essential. Yes. I, I think I could watch a football game without fans. I think I could be okay. I think, I think I can. It might be a, a a new reality, and it's crazy. Like it's, it just you know I had said something on my page earlier, like the way that my my reality, my normal, is always at large events because I cover sporting events. So yeah. even from the youth, from the kids to professional, there's never like less. Or even at the kids' games that I that I do attend, it's never less than fifty people there. Yeah. So, like, what you know, I'm just used to being in large crowds of some sort. We were talking about Super Bowl. I mean, it's a gazillion people out there all the time. Yeah. So how do you go from just everybody doing what they do? You know, of course I've done Wizards games, all that, you know, to just not yeah. I watch so the, the the two things I watched, I watched it, I watched WrestleMania over the weekend. And like when this is when everything first started happening, UFC did hold one of their events. I don't know if you watch UFC, but they had. I one do. Of it's a bit grueling, but I do watch it. It's tough. Yeah, and it was and it was so weird because it's like you you like they would come out and you know you, you so you you come like normally because I'm a big UFC fan. So normally mm. when you come out, the crowd is up and they cheering. In the in the and you get and you can see the the fighters like feeding off the crowd, but when they were walking out, it's like you can hit you can hit the music, then the, then the camera, they can't they have to like the good thing about WWE they could do some things because they was in a smaller venue in a performance center, so they could kind of mm-hmm. like they could kind of like put some barriers up where you wouldn't notice there's nobody in the crowd, but right. the UFC they had they had the event in like a um. It was still in the arena. So it was right. a big, empty arena. And then when they get in there, 
they fight and you can hear like, like normally you can't hear the corner man. You can hear the corner man screaming out all the instructions. And it was just, it wasn't bad watching. It was just like, you never yeah, understand man. how important fans are until. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I hope, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a catch 22 because like sports is a decompressor for me so like oh I, like i said at the beginning of the conversation i didn't realize how much i know it's an outlet i knew it of course but i didn't know just how much until it was gone and at first i was like a trooper i'm like well you know <laughs> i was like wait a minute and i know everybody's been watching like all these old games like you know and i can't watch that like i can't mm. I can't. It makes me feel like I'm in I Am Legend or something like that. I'm like, we're in one of these crazy movies. This is making me uncomfortable. I can't watch these whole things. Yeah, I, you like me. I can't watch something that I already know the results. Like, yeah, like this is not even fun. But I, I do got this one game on my DVR. I got one game on my DVR and it's, and it's just sitting there. One of these days, um, it's a college basketball game. I don't know who won. I forgot who playing. So... I'm gonna go up there one day and I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I'm just holding on to that because that's all I got right now. So. Yeah, I'm like, this is, you know, I guess we'll all look forward to um, Michael Jordan's documentary. Um, I think I that, that I think ESPN pushed that up. Yeah, they did. All be entertained with that, and I said I was gonna have to brace myself watching that because of Kobe Bryant, but like, you know, I just. Sports, look, life ain't been right since Kobe. I promise you, every it's just been weird. This has been weird sports every year. Yeah, but again, I would have never thought I would have seen this. Like no sports. I know nothing. I wouldn't have if somebody would have told me this a year ago that this would be happening. I would be like, never. There's no way that the NBA and the MLB, there ain't nobody shutting down. Please. And they all shut down. They Everything. all shut down. It's not they're not even doing the Kentucky Derby. I mean, nothing. Nothing. We don't have nothing. We only had golf. What? <laughs> well, actually, you know what? UFC is. I think they're going to. They, from the looks of it, they're going to go ahead and do their card for the 18. So. Oh, are they? Yeah. <laughs> they're going. They um. They haven't announced the venue yet, but it's supposed they they were supposed to announce the rest of the car today. Um, that hasn't happened so far, mm-hmm. but yeah, he, uh, Dana White said we're going forward, so we'll see. But, yeah, we'll see. But I just want to take the time to thank you again for um, sharing this time with me, and I also want to make sure I let give you a chance to tell the people how they can follow you on social media absolutely and thank you for having me again but you can follow seawall sports and entertainment on facebook at seawall sports and entertainment and i'm also on instagram at seawall sports and then on twitter at seawall se all right well again thank you all for listening to the podcast and especially thank you to my sponsors chain entertainment and first gen fly and you all have a great day <laughs>